Happy summer, everybody. All right, well, it's not officially summer, but it's June and it's hot and it might as well be. Uh, Eric Urbane here with another edition of Digging In, and I appreciate you joining me this week. Now, in previous episodes, you've heard uh, from Miss Dig 811 leadership in regards to what role their, uh, their departments play in this whole Miss Dig 811 process and, and what they do to keep the Miss Dig train rolling along. So in this episode, I want to highlight uh, an aspect of Mystic A11 that is at least as important, if not more important than any other within the notification center, and, and that's our IT. Um, I've joked from time to time that uh, Mystic A11 has evolved into an IT company that happens to take dig notices, and I think there's a lot to that. You know, we we process tens of thousands of transmissions daily. You know, between our, the incoming requests and the outgoing notices to our members. Um, plus, at any given time, there are literally thousands of individuals utilizing our programs, you know, whether that be internal personnel, uh, remote ticket entry users, remote member access users, or someone utilizing one of our e-suite offerings, or it could just simply be someone visiting our website for the first time. Um, and keeping it all running smoothly and making sure uh, the critical Mystic 811 services are available 24 7, uh, 365 is a big task. And today I have with me the individual responsible for all of that. And it's our IT systems manager, Katie Grzewalski. Katie, welcome to Digging In and thanks for making time to, to talk with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Oh, of course. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, as you know, we get into it, when we look back, it was 15 months ago, we were all happily working from our, our three locations, uh, doing the mystic thing. And, and as we all know, uh, that had to change very quickly. Um, I personally was really impressed, you know, with the speed and efficiency that we were able to transition all the employees um, to working from home um, and have been at home ever since. And I'd like to think that many of our stakeholders would have never known such a transition even happened. Um, now, as we begin to transition back to the office to some degree, can you share with the listeners some of the work that happened behind the scenes that made work from home successful and, and what is happening now when it comes to bringing people back in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure as everyone knows, Things were rapidly changing, you know, it could be it, within an hour, things seemed to change even in the very beginning, you know, first it was, well, we're, we'll go home for just two weeks and then we'll probably be back in the office and then two weeks turned into a month and then a month turned into six months. And then we were like, maybe we should stop talking about going back to the office because <laughs> who knows what we're going to do. Um, but honestly, the work that we've put in over the last six years to be cloud first with all of our applications is the reason we could get our employees home quickly and safely and have that continuity to where I would, again, it's similar to you. I hope most people didn't notice any, any blip, any difference. Um, when we sent our employees home, you know, we've been using soft phones since 2016, so we didn't have any physical phones to send home with anyone. Um, we have been on um, our ticket entry program and delivery have all been in the cloud since 2017. 
We moved to Office 365 in 2017. So really it was a matter of packing up the equipment and getting it home with our employees. Um, again, like I said, we thought they were going home for two weeks. So we didn't send them with a ton of equipment in the beginning because we were like, well, here, we'll just send you home with the basics, you know, your keyboard, your mouse, your computer and a monitor. Sure. Um, then that turned into a much longer thing. And so we started, you know, providing more, more equipment to them. And we've been trying to track that and now we're bringing it all back in. And we decided to do a phased approach for return to the office so that it wasn't you know, most people have been spending their time at home for 15 months. They're not really going anywhere else. They're not really around people. Yeah. It's getting back into this adjustment of, okay, I can be within a few feet of somebody now and that that's okay. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's been, we decided to do a phased approach so we could just get a couple employees, you know, a handful of employees in at each location at a time make sure that went smoothly. And then a month later, we'll do another round of employees. And then we're hoping in August, we can go back to a full, um, what we have come up with now is we're gonna do hybrid. Uh, so employees will both work at home and in the office. And then some employees will be just working in the office full time for different reasons. Sure, well, hey, listen, I, I think, um, you know, you guys with with IT and certainly the the flexibility um, with with how this has all gone down is has been impressive impressive certainly as me just being an employee that was on one end of it um, not seeing all the scrambling I'm sure that you guys were doing at, at the other end um, is very impressive now we and well by by we, I really mean UIT folks, from time to time, make some changes to the offerings we have to you know, best suit the needs of our stakeholders. And, and, and one of those uh, changes was a release earlier this year called Locate uh, Demand Management, and we've talked about that on this show. Um, but when we do make changes like this, it's, it's not simply just because one day you woke up and said, hey, listen, I just want to change the way this program works. A lot goes into that in terms of just the discussion of it, the need, the time, the testing. Um, when, when we do release these updates, uh, can you share with the folks, you know, what is some of that process like? Yeah, so it is, it, it is a long process. Um, usually it's, it's almost always because we're presented with a barrier of some kind, something that's preventing the dig process, the whole locate process um, from running smoothly. There's some hiccup that's happening along the way that's preventing a smooth and easy process. So when we're presented with those, we you know get into these brainstorming sessions and start going through, well, what if we do this? Well, what if we do this? What if we do this? And kind of run through those scenarios. And when I say we, um, usually we start internally uh, with our senior management and then especially the IT department is involved. And then we start bringing those ideas to our different committees. We have the time committee, mm -hmm. which is to get initiation management and execution. Um, and that's where a lot of that will go to where we have all different stakeholders. You've got excavators, um, locators, members. So you've got the majority of everybody in the room who, you know, is dealing with these issues and trying to work through it, whether it's a change on our system or a change of process. 
And if it's a change to the system, then we have to go back and get the developers involved to make those changes. Once they're done, there's some initial testing. If there's any bugs or issues, that goes back to the developers and they do more changes when we're you know, kind of happy with the product or pretty happy with it. We then move on to testing um, with our internal notification center. And if needed, we bring in some remote ticket entry users as well to test. Um, if there's changes to ticket formats, those are things we've got to get to members. They've got to make those changes on their systems. And then finally, we can talk about a go live. Sure. So, I mean, so really what some of you folks out there as, as end users, it might just be a, a simple new tab or a simple new button that, you know, just makes life a little bit easier and doesn't really change the overall functionality of a program. But behind the scenes, Katie and her team and, and a lot of the folks involved, I mean, this could be, we're talking months of, of trial and error and, and development behind just, you know, something that could be seen like a trivial change uh, for the end user. But like like Katie mentioned, it's, it's just for the greater good. It's all to address a, a certain issue that's happening out there in the industry. And um, they've been very responsive in addressing those as presented. Now, Katie, what some people might not know is that we actually co-own the software and technology company that our platform is run on. Um, and our, our members and excavators are, are familiar with the Newton system that they log into daily. But there's some big news on that. Uh, so there's no better person to explain this exciting new project than you. So what should folks out there know yeah, we have some very exciting news, some very big changes on the way. Um, we decided uh, last year um, that we would start to look at our ticket entry and the whole ticketing system in its entirety, the delivery, the positive response, you know, every every touch point of our system um, and look at some possible alternative companies, um, you know, where where could we get what we needed, what the future needs um, for the underground utility safety industry. And, you know, we are the ones who are going to have to make that change because we are at the heart of it. If yeah. there's no ticket, there's no, there's nothing else. Right. Um, so we went through this process. We contacted about five different companies. We went through an interview process with them. Um, then we windled it down to three companies and then that became two companies. And then um, we presented our recommendations to the board in early May um, that we would like to officially switch to Pelican Corp, uh, which is based out of Melbourne, Australia. Um, and the board unanimously approved that decision and we have been working what seems like night and day to get ready for the announcement and the transition uh, that will officially take effect December 15th of 2021. So that's our, our big project right now. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's, that is a big transition, um, folks. And again, uh, at the end user level, we hope it's gonna be something that seems very seamless and just makes things all that much more convenient. But there's gonna be a six months of craziness going on, particularly for Katie and her folks, maybe more so than folks like me um, that host podcasts from time to time. Uh, but th yeah, this is certainly a big deal. Um, decisions like this certainly don't come uh, lightly. 
And um, it's very exciting times around here. This is, this is a big change, and we certainly hope it will just make a better user experience for, for everyone involved. Um, in the meantime, as, as we build up to that towards the end of the year, um, you know, later this summer, folks should expect to see maybe some updates to just our normal customer-facing website. Yes, yes. So we have been working on updating the main mystic.org website um, to, you know, get a little more current. Uh, the plan or uh, words we've been using are current and clean. So we're going to clean up the website a lot, make it a cleaner flow. Um, there have been some changes um, throughout the web, web, interweb industry um, about how, you know, different websites respond to different monitor sizes, uh, phones, tablets, you know, 10 years ago, people didn't have tablets and phones and computers and all sure. these different size laptops that could do, you know, view the same website. It was one website and it was all great. Um, but now you've got different size phones, tablets, you know, all these places people want to access our website from, which is great that we can do that. And we just want to make that experience for the user clean and easy. No, great. No, it's, and, and it's good. You know, it's, it's nice to have that consideration in mind. You know, everyone's website needs updating from time to time. But to really, you know, take that point of view is, is a way to improve how it's presented, depending on the, the type of device people are using. I mean, obviously, our entire worlds are online now. And that means they're transitioning from the dual monitors at their, their desk at home to the office, to the tablet, uh, to the laptop, to the phone. You're absolutely right. Um, I appreciate you guys uh Taking the time to, to do that, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, so, Katie, this this has actually been great information here, um, and I will let you get back to the host of things you have in the works for now. But I, I very much appreciate you uh, joining the show today and taking the time out. This has been this has been great information. Yes, and I appreciate being on here. And uh, I'll just make mention that if anybody wants to get involved with some of those changes we're making. Uh, the time committee does meet once a month on the fourth Thursday of every month, um, where a lot of these announcements and changes are discussed and made. Um, so that's a great resource to be up to date with what's going on with Mystig. Absolutely. So take advantage of that, folks. If you if you have the um, the availability or the ability to, to participate and, and um, provide some input into the time committee. There's, there's a lot of value in, in doing so. Um, in addition, if any of you out there would like to hear more about any particular uh, damage prevention or MISDIG 811 related topic, um, feel free to email into the show uh, to education at MISDIG811.org. And of course, just check out our website in general, MISDIG811.org, uh, for everything damage prevention uh, related. Um, I'll be back soon with another episode, uh, but of course, until then, this is Eric Urbane signing off, reminding you to be smart, be safe, call Miss Dig 811 before you dig. <laughs>